0: Shalom, my name is Adam, and I welcome you to the Parable of the Vineyard. Every day, Yahuwah is waking up a remnant, a group of people who are coming out of deceptions, realizing our walk is to consist of faith and obedience to His righteous commands. Each week, we read through and examine a portion of the Torah, allowing the Spirit of the Most High to guide, teach, and teach and open our eyes and ears to the wondrous matters out of his law. Join us as we seek to be refined by his word, preparing ourselves for the return of our King of Kings, being faithful and obedient, walking in his way, truth. Shabbat shalom and welcome back, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream of our Torah portion. Reading, my name is Adam, your host, and I welcome you. Week 8, Vayish Lach. Say it with me, Vayish lah. No, uh, it means he and he sent. This covers Genesis thirty-two, three through 36.43. And lots to talk about. You got more Jacob and Laban stuff. You got Jacob and Esau and the almost war. You have Jacob wrestling with this entity is it is it Elohim is it an angel we'll talk about that a little bit um what else fascinating stuff with the generations of Esau I know that this is something that everybody's just talking about online is like the um I'm just kidding <laughs> it's just the generations of Esau but that it's at the end there is a, actually an interesting little uh story there with the generations of Esau the descendants of Esau that is um kind of just comes out of nowhere but super exciting to talk about um with that, I just want to say, hey, Shabbat's here. I know for a lot of you, you look forward to it every week. We, we should be because this is like it's the best day of the week. So let's pray. Father, yeah, we just thank you so much for this week that we've had. Father, whether it was just easy or whether it was hard, challenges, trials, peace, whatever we had, Father, we just we we give you thanks. And Father, we just thank you for sending Messiah, Yahusha, that we may have forgiveness and everlasting life. Thank you for your word that you're revealing to us in these last days, and we thank you for the opportunity to study together abroad the four corners of the earth. We love you. We bless you. May your Ruach HaKodesh help us as we study your Torah, that we may be faithful hearers and doers. In Messiah Husha's name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Shabbat Shalom, y'all. Let's, uh, I don't have my shofar near me, so we're just going to do the old school shofar clip from like three years ago. Okay, so here we are in Genesis 32, and we're going to go ahead and get started. And we're actually going to read just a few first few uh, verses just because I think it goes in hand with this week's Torah portion, so why not read the first two verses? So, and Yaakov went on his way, and the angels of Elohim met him. And this is, by the way, just to remind you, Jacob just had this... Um, meeting with Laban, Laban comes chasing after him, like, hey, why'd you like leave with all my stuff, and my daughters, and grandsons, and stuff, and why'd you steal my, molten image, Elohim, and, uh, Yah gives, Laban a dream, like, don't touch him, or else, and so Laban's like, okay, and so he makes a pact, with Jacob, uh, a covenant, and they eat a meal, and, we'll see what happens here shortly, but anyway, so and Yaakov went on his way from this meeting and the angels or messengers really is a better uh, translation of Elohim met with him. And when Yaakov saw them, he said, this is Elohim's host. And he called the name of that place Machanaim. And Yaakov sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Thus shall you speak unto my master Esau. Your servant Jacob says, Thus, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed there until now. And we'll pause here really quickly because there's actually an interesting little backstory that I want to read of what happened as soon as Jacob and Laban parted and how the next step is brought to pass where Esau comes just seemingly out of nowhere with 400 people ready to kill him. So, like, how did that happen? Like, how did things escalate so quickly? and we'll see why. The book of Yashar fills us in. We're going to be reading chapter 31 verses 53 through 77. And just in case you're new, the book of Yashar was mentioned in the scriptures twice, once in Joshua ten thirteen, and the other in 2 Samuel 118, both stating, are these things not written in the book of Jasher? All right, here we go. <clears throat> And Jacob and Laban offered sacrifice upon the mount and they ate there by the heap and they tarried in the mount all night and Laban rose up early in the morning and he wept with his daughters and he kissed them and he returned to his place and he hastened and sent off his son Beor which we believe is the father of Balaam so Laban being the grandfather of Balaam who was 17 years old with Abichorof the son of Uz the son of Nahor with them were 10 men So Laban sends off a a, a group of people and they hastened and went and passed on the road before Jacob and they came by another road to the land of Seir and they came unto Esau and said unto him, thus says your brother and relative, your mother's brother Laban, the son of Bethuel. So right as soon as Jacob and Laban have this pact, we're not going to hurt each other. Laban sends an emissaries to Laban. Have you heard, so gossip gossip slander here, have you heard what Jacob, your brother, has done unto me? Who first came to me naked and bare, and I went to meet him, and brought him to my house with honor, and I made him great, and I gave him my two daughters for wives, and also two of my maids? And Elohim blessed him on my account, and he increased abundantly, and had sons and daughters and maidservants, which we know is a lie because he even admitted to Jacob that all these blessings came through Jacob, you know, from the Most High. He has also an immense stock of flocks and herds and camels and asses and also silver and gold in abundance. And when he saw that his wealth increased, he left me while I went to shear my sheep, and he rose up and fled in secrecy. And he lifted up his, lifted up his wives and children upon camels, and he led away all his cattle and property which he acquired in my land. And he lifted up his countenance to go to his father Yitzhak, to the land of Canaan. And he did not suffer me to kiss my daughters and their children, and he led my daughters as captives taken by the sword, and he also stole my gods, and he fled. And now I have left him the mountain of the brook of Jabbok, him and all belonging to him, and he lacks nothing. If it be your wish to go to him, then go, and there you will find him, and you can do unto him as your soul desires. And Laban's messengers came and told Esau all these things. So Laban, wicked man, he makes this pact with Jacob, like, hey, I'm not going to hurt you, you don't hurt me, and we'll be good. And so Laban, being the type of person that likes to scoot around promises or scoot around laws, which this is what we can glean from this, you know, one of the things we can glean from this tour portion is people try to bend and twist the rules to their own advantage. Like, um, well, there's lots of different examples and we could, I don't want to cover all those right now, but you know how people try to twist rules and laws. Well, I'll just say this. I recently ran into some people that I'm not going to name them by name, but just want to share this with you, that they had, they had, made the case that because they no longer consider themselves american citizens and they were people of Yah, that they can go into stores and just steal and they just called it plundering instead of stealing and you're like wait a minute no that's that's still stealing you know and so here we have laban who's like hey i won't hurt you but he's like you know someone else does you know so in his mind he's like well i didn't say if someone else hurts you So just really being deceitful and kind of scooting scooting around a promise and being deceitful Um, And so and Esau heard all the words of Laban's messengers, and his anger was greatly kindled against Jacob, and he remembered his hatred, and his anger burned within him. And Esau hastened and took his children and servants and the souls of his household, being 60 men, and he went and assembled all the children of Seir, the Horite, and their people, being 340 men, and took all this number of 400 men with drawn swords, and he went unto Jacob to smite him. And Esau divided this number into several parts, and he took the sixty men of his children and servants and the souls of his household as one head and gave them in care of Eliphaz his eldest son. And the remaining heads he gave to the care of the six sons of the Seir the Horite and he placed every man over his generations and children and the whole of this camp went as it was and Esau went amongst them toward Jacob and he conducted them with speed and Laban's messengers departed from Esau and went to the land of Canaan and they came to the house of Rebekah the mother of Jacob and Esau and they told her saying behold your son Esau has gone against his brother Jacob with four hundred men so now they're stirring up the pot everywhere like stirring up Esau going into um Isaac and Rebekah and like, hey, this is what's going on. For he heard that he was coming, and he has gone to make war with him, and to smite him, and to take all that he has. And Rebekah hastened and sent seventy-two men from the servants of Yitzchak to meet Jacob on the road, for she said, Peradventure Esau may make war in the road when he meets him. And these messengers went on the road to meet Jacob, and they met him in the road on the brook of the opposite side of the brook of Jabuk. And Jacob said when he saw them, This camp is destined to me from Elohim." and Jacob, Jacob, called the name of that place Machanaim, and so that's where I say it, it said, it was translated as angels but we learn from the book of Yashar that these were actually messengers, these were men um, from the household of Isaac And Jacob knew all his father's people, and he kissed them and embraced them and came with them. And Jacob asked them concerning his father and mother, and they said they were well. And these messengers said unto Jacob, Rebekah, your mother has sent us to you, saying, I have heard, my son, that your brother Esau has gone forth against you on the road with men from the children of Seir the Horites. And therefore, my son, hearken to my voice and see with your counsel what you will do. And when he comes up to you, supplicate him. And do not speak rashly to him, and give him a present from what you possess and from what Elohim has favored you with. And when he asks you concerning your affairs, conceal nothing from him. Perhaps he may turn from his anger against you, and you will thereby save your soul and all belonging to you, for it is your duty to honor him, for he is your elder brother. And when Jacob heard the words of his mother, which the messengers had spoken to him, Jacob lifted up his voice and wept bitterly, and did as his mother then commanded him. So that is kind of the backstory of how we get here to the messengers being sent, and how Esau even knows out of re- it just seems like randomly out of nowhere, it's like boom, you know, Jacob's leaving Laban, and then here comes Esau to meet him. So anyway, so now Jacob sends these messengers to go to Esau and say your servant Jacob says thus I have sojourned with Laban and stayed there until now and I have oxen and asses and flocks and men servants and women servants and I have sent to tell my master that I may find grace in your sight and the messengers returned to El Jacob saying we came to your brother Esau and also he comes to meet you and 400 men with him and Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed and he divided the people that was with him And the flocks and the herds and the camels into two bands and said, If Esau come to the one company and smite it, then the other company which is left shall escape. And Jacob said, O Elohai of my father, Abraham. And Elohai of my father Yitzhak, which Yahweh said unto me, Return unto your country and to your kindred, and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all mercies and of all truth, which you have showed unto your servant. For with my staff I have passed over this Yardin, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray you, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother of the children. And you said... I will surely do you good and make your seed as the sand of the sea which cannot be numbered for multitude. So we'll pause there. So here again, as what we like to do when we read the Torah portions is of course we read thou shalt do this, you know, do this, don't do that, the the laws, the commands. Um, And we also try to, we try to just glean what we can from the stories to learn lessons that aren't plainly said, hey, do this. But we look at how the patriarchs acted and we can glean from this. So, in this case, put yourself in, in Jacob's shoes, okay? You have you have your, your wives, you have your children, um, not a large force of people, and then you have your brother Esau, who you know is a masterful warrior and hunter coming with 400 of his men towards you, right? And you know he wants to kill you and all that you have. And so I think it's a natural... I think. I know it's a natural emotion for fear to come on people. And we know that Messiah said over and over, don't fear, don't fear. Well, he said that because he knows that fear comes upon men. But he was sharing that we can overcome this fear. And so here we have Jacob, who is a man. He's a prophet of the Most High, filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, with the Ruach. And he's afraid. And he admits it before, yeah, I'm afraid. And so it's not against Torah to be afraid but it's what you do with that fear is the difference maker so we see here that Jacob's afraid and what does he do he goes right to Yah in prayer and he has what I believe the the perfect layout for a a petition to Yah it goes with giving him reverence or acknowledging him who he is giving him reverence um, stating the issue at hand the problem at hand Uh, giving scripture references that says, hey, you promised this. And then lastly, asking for deliverance. It's like there's like a process. And you see this time and time again. You look at um, great men of the scriptures, King Hezekiah, uh, King Jehoshaphat. Um, You look at the prophet Elisha, Samuel, uh, Gideon, many other situations where um, the situation at hand was nearly impossible for victory because the numbers are just ridiculous. And or just t- totally out of balance. And and they're just like, there's there's nothing we can do. Didn't you promise us this and this and this? Will you deliver us out of the hands of, of so-and-so? And it doesn't have to be war for us to, to look at this and take an example. In any situation we're in, when we're in trouble... Why don't we petition the most high and say we acknowledge who you are you're the creator of heaven and earth and you through your son messiah the word created everything in 6 days and rested on the 7th and um you know, here's the issue at hand you know such and such is going on and your word says your word promises that you know anything asked in the name of messiah or um if if one anoints someone with oil and prays over them they'll be healed or or the sick will be healed and whatever or whatever the the situation is and then ask for that deliverance well, the Most High hear us. Of course, that's up to Him. But our trust is in Him. Our fear is towards Him. So we take that fear and we put it in His hands, just like Peter says, "Cast your cares upon Him, because He loves you." So give it to Him. Say, "I'm fearful, but I fear more. I fear You more. Deliver me from this situation." And that's what that's what Jacob did. And it's, and and also we see that he prayed and he also took some wise steps. He uh, what does he say? He said. Um, he divided the the company he divided the people into different companies so like and then he spread them apart so he's like if Esau goes after this one the other company will have enough time to flee so there's a little bit of faith and there's a little bit of preparation too and it, it reminds me of um the last days that we're living in I think people can go on you know multiple extremes people can be um all prepping you know, and like I'm gonna survive the tribulation because I'm gonna have ten years worth of food stored up, and I'm gonna have a, a a an old missile missile silo as a bunker, and uh, you know I'll be able to hide under there for for ten years if need to. Um, you know, that's that's not trusting in Ya. And then there's people that are like, I have so much trust in Yah that I don't need anything. You know, and and that's that's great faith. But we have also examples of like. Joseph who you know, stored grain knew hard times were coming. So could it be a little bit of both? Could it be having total faith in Yah, but also being a little wise and saying, you know what, maybe it's not a terrible idea to have, maybe not, a little bit of storage of food. I don't know. I, I, I'm, just, um, I'm just, we're looking at the Torah, and we're trying to glean what we can from it. Does that mean that if you don't have any, like if you live in an apartment in New York, and you got no no place to put any food storage and you only can store it. But does that mean you're not going to be okay? That's not what I'm saying at all because y'all can do everything, anything. But I'm also saying that we place our trust in him and it's also good to have some wisdom, to have some preparation. And that's what we see here in the Torah. So, all right, let's keep going. So uh, where do we leave off? So he asked for the deal. he's like, Deliver me, I pray you from the hands of my brother Esau, for I fear him. So he gives this fear into Yah's hands. He's like, I fear Esau, but he's like, I'm giving it to you, to Yah. And you said, Surely I will do you good and make your seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. And he lodged there that same night, and took of that which came to his hand, a present for his for Esau his brother, two hundred she goats, and twenty he goats, two hundred ewes, twenty rams, thirty milch camels with their colts, forty kine, 10 bulls, 20 she-asses, and 10 foals. And he delivered them into the hand of his servants. Every drove by themselves and said unto his servants, pass over before me and put a space betwixt drove and drove. And he commanded the foremost saying, when Esau my brother meets you, ask you saying, whose are you and where do you go? And whose are these before you? Then you shall say, they be your servant, Jacob's. It is a present sent unto my master Esau. And behold, he also is behind us. And so commanded he the second and the third and all that followed the drove, saying, On this manner shall you speak unto Esau when you find him. And say ye, Moreover, behold, your servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goes before me. And afterward I will see his face, and perchance he will accept of me. So went the present over before him, and he himself lodged that night in the company. So, faith and a little bit of preparation he also did what his mother told him to do so let's read um let's read jasher 32 1 through 26 excuse me all right yeshar 32 1 through 26 at that time Yaakov sent messengers to his brother esau toward the land of seir and he spoke to him words of supplication and he commanded them, saying thus he shall say to my master to esau Thus says your servant Jacob. Let not my master imagine that my father's blessing, with which he did bless me, has proved beneficial to me. For I have been these twenty years with Laban, and he deceived me and changed my wages ten times, as it has been already told unto my master. And I served him in his house very laboriously. And Elohim afterwards saw my affliction, my labor, and the work of my hands, and he caused me to find grace and favor in his sight. And I afterward, through Elohim's great mercy and kindness, acquired oxen and asses and cattle and servants and maidservants. And now I am coming to my land and to my home, to my father and mother, who are in the land of Canaan, And I have sent to let my master know all this in order to find favor in the sight of my master, so that he may not imagine that I have of myself obtained wealth, or that the blessing with which my father blessed me has benefited me. And those messengers went to Esau and found him on the borders of the land of Edom going toward Jacob. And four hundred men of the children of Seir the Horite were standing with drawn swords. And the messengers of Jacob told Esau all the words that Jacob had spoken to them concerning Esau. And Esau answered them with pride and contempt, and said unto them, Surely I have heard, and truly has been told to me what Jacob has done to Laban, who exalted him in his house, and gave him his daughters for wives. And he begat sons and daughters, and abundantly increased in wealth and riches in Laban's house through his means. And when he saw that his wealth was abundant and his riches great, he fled with all belonging to him from Laban's house. And he led Laban's daughters away from the face of their father as captives, taking by the sword without telling him of it. And not only to Laban has Jacob done this, but also unto me has he done so, and has twice supplanted me. And shall I be silent? Now therefore, I have this day come with my camps to meet him, and I will do unto him according to the desire of my heart. And the messengers returned and came to Jacob and said unto him, We came to your brother Esau, and we told him all your words. And thus has he answered us. And behold, he comes to meet you with four hundred men. Now... I'm sorry, now, then know and see what you shall do and pray before Elohim to deliver you from him. And when he heard the words of his brother, which he had spoken to the messengers of Jacob, Jacob was greatly afraid and was distressed, like what we were just talking about. And Jacob prayed uh, to Yahuwah, his Elohim, and he said, O Yahuwah, Elohim of my fathers, Abraham, Yitzhak, you did say unto me when I went away from my father's house, saying, actually, we read all this, so, no, we don't need to read the same thing. It's, and he says here, <clears throat> and if there is no righteousness in me, do it for the sake of Abraham and my father Yitzchak, for I know that through kindness and mercy have I acquired this wealth. Now therefore I beseech you to deliver me this day with your kindness and to answer me. And Jacob ceased praying to Yahweh, and he divided the people that were with him with the flocks and the cattle into two camps, and he gave the half. Up to the care of Damasek, the son of Eliezer, Abraham's servant, for a camp with his children, and the other half he gave to the care of his brother Elianus, the son of Eliezer, to be for a camp with his children. And he commanded them, saying, Keep yourselves at a distance with your camps, and do not come too near to each other. And if Esau come to one camp and slay it, the other camp at a distance from him will escape him. And Jacob tarried there that night, and during the whole night he gave his servants instructions concerning the forces and his children. And will stop there. So back to Genesis 32. And here we get an interesting little portion here. Jacob wrestles with, well, it's debated. So Jacob's getting ready to wrestle with an entity. Some people say it's Yah. Some people say it's Messiah. Some people say it's an angel. And I don't know that we'll have any conclusive evidence, but we'll just bring a couple of uh, pieces of evidence to the table. So Jacob, Jacob wrestles with, we'll just change this to dot, dot, dot. And he rose up that night and took his two women and his two women servants and his 11 sons and passed over the ford Yabok. Jabbok. And he told them and sent them over the brook and sent them over that he had. And Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Now I looked at every single translation. I looked at, of course, this is the Masoretic. Um, I looked at the Septuagint, which is the Greek. I looked at the Aramaic. I looked at... Um, uh not the uh, the air makes different and i looked at uh, yashar and everything i can get my hands on everything says he wrestled a man um with him until the breaking of the day and when he saw that he prevailed not against him this is the entity the angel or so he's like so he couldn't prevail over jacob and so he kind of like, he doesn't cheat, but he's kind of like, well, let me just do this. He touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. And he said, I will not let you go except you bless me. So, and he said unto him, what is your name? And he said, "Jacob." And he said, your name shall be called no more Jacob, but Yasharel or Yisrael. Or, for as a prince, you have power with Elohim and with men and have prevailed. So let me just pause here real quick, real quick. So if, if we say this is like Yah or Messiah, let me ask you a question. Uh, do you think Jacob could beat them wrestling? I'd say no, like hands down. No, only if like he let them, but it says here that this entity could not prevail against him. He saw that he prevailed not against him. And so I'm just like, uh, if this was Messiah, no i don't think messiah would be would be withheld from being able to prevail against messiah uh and it says here be, he's talking to jacob for as a prince you have power with elohim and with men and have prevailed so like he basically won um but in order to like kind of stop it the angel or you know whatever it was knocked his his uh um hip kind of out of joint right and um it is, it is kind of a Said that Jacob kind of limped for the rest of his life. There's really no actual proof, but um, it's kind of just a, a saying. So, I, how much credibility that is, I don't know. But the point is, is like, I, I don't know. This isn't like life changing information because if it gets Messiah, well, not really a really whole lot changes. If it's an angel, not really a really whole lot changes. But you do have, you see here that Jacob is wrestling with the overall point here is, is, um, you know, people ask, well, are there sports in Torah? But yeah, there is. Wrestling. Happened to be my favorite sport in high school I was a wrestler um, And so wrestling's okay Because if it was not um, <laughs> Jacob would have been rebuked Why are you wrestling? Wrestling's bad <laughs> No, I'm just kidding, I'm sorry Just uh, Sometimes, forgive me, the, the, doing the tour portion Should be serious, but sometimes I like to Break it up a little bit um, So wrestling, good you, thou, thou shalt wrestle No, yeah, thou canst Thou can wrestle No anyways okay enough of that but who is this really um, I don't know the the targums the targums has something here I, I, the, I as I've shared with you before I like the targums because it shows clearly Messiah as the word interacting uh, with man since the very beginning so it shows that Messiah was not just someone that was hidden away forever and then just came on the scene in in, in um, um, you know first century that Messiah was pre-existent and he showed up when it was his uh, a lot of time to show up but in the past he was talking to the prophets to Abraham, to Adam and and all the other patriarchs but so the Targums um, is not perfect it's the Aramaic version it's been in the hands of uh, rabbis and and Jews for centuries so there's definitely been some additions Um, I'm just sharing this here it says uh, oh wait, what am I, I do Genesis 25? what am I thinking? 32 25 dyslexia. Sorry, um, <clears throat> and Jacob remained alone beyond Jubecca and a messenger contended, so it says, angel. So the makes the only one that doesn't say man, it says a messenger, contended with him in the likeness of a man. And he said, have you not promised to give a tenth of all that is yours? And behold, you have ten sons and one daughter. Nevertheless, you have not tithed them. Immediately he set apart the four firstborn of the four mothers, and there remained eight. And he began to number from Shimon, and Levi came up for the tenth. Michael answered and said, Yahuwah of the world, this is your lot. And on account of these things, he, Michael, remained from Elohim at the torrent till the column of the morning was ascending. So the Aramaic says this is Michael. Is it conclusive? Well, no, not really. Um, And he saw that he had not power to hurt him and he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was distorted in his contending with him. And this is why they say since it was distorted, he kind of walked with a limp for the rest of his life. Um, but this could just be, you know, this just could be Jewish rabbi edition. So um, I just wanted to share that as a possibility. The other possibility is there's another angel named uh, Fanuel, which we'll see that this place ends up being called. Uh, Pan- yeah, Fanuel, Paniel, Paniel, Paniel. So he said, Your name shall be called no more Yaakov, but Yasharel or. Israel. For as a prince, you have power with Elohim and with men and have prevailed. And Yaakov asked him and said, Tell me, I pray you your name. And he said, Wherefore is it that you do ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Yaakov called the name of the place Penuel, for I have seen Elohim face to face, and my life is preserved. And see, some people will say, Well, I have seen Elohim, which is, you know, in the English, some people are offended at this word God, but as so we can understand what we're talking about. Um, We also have to understand that angels are also called or referenced as Elohim because they're immortal beings. In Psalm 82 it says Elohim stands in the council of the Elohim and judges the Elohim the council of the Elohim, the council of the, Elohim, the, council of the ruling angels over the, the 70 angels that rule over the, the different regions of the earth. And so it's like Elohim is set as judge over the Elohim and that's why he's called the Most High Elohim. <clears throat> Anyways um, Another thing to consider in uh, Enoch 40, uh, we do see that one of the four archangels and the fourth who is set over the repentance unto the hope of those who inherit eternal life is named Fanuel, which depending on the translation, Phanuel is the same, uh would be the same Hebrew um, letters for Penuel. So it just all depends on how you pronounce it. So he could have been wrestling with Michael. He could have been wrestling with Fenuel uh, And I, I totally haven't... Um, Thrown out the possibility that he was wrestling with Messiah. It's just if I want to just be reasonable here, I, I don't think there's any way Jacob that that Messiah would be like, I can't win over Jacob, and so he'd have to knock his you know thigh out of joint. And, and the reason I say this is because um, angels are way more of a, uh, a powerful being than us right now. But I want to share a couple things. Uh, Psalm eight. Psalm 84, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and has crowned him with glory and honor. So right now, a man in in the state we are right now, not glorified, uh, we're way lower than angels. I mean, angels have complete superiority over us in intelligence and in in force, um, everything, just hands down. But if man were, were given... An exalted state or even a temporary exalted state and you see this um with i mean like samson destroying the thousand people with a jawbone uh abraham and his 318 uh you know destroying you know army of over nine hundred thousand. I mean, it's just ridiculous and so momentarily for that moment they're like they're given the power uh, like elohim so you made him to have dominion over the works of your hands you have put all things under his feet Elohim, who at sundry times and in, uh, Hebrews one, Elohim who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in the last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he has made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, so Messiah, Yahusha, is above the angels. He has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which the angels said he at any time, You are my son, this day have I begotten you. And again, I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. Be to me a son. And again, when he brings the first begotten into the world, he said, Let all the angels of Elohim worship him. And of the angels, he said, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire but unto the sun he says, Your throne, O Elohim, is forever and ever, a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, Elohim, even your Elohim has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows, and you, Yahweh, in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They shall perish, but you remain, and they shall all wax old as does a garment, and as a vesture shall you fold them up, and they shall be changed, but you are the same, and your years shall not fail. But to which the angel said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. Listen, <clears throat> this is the function. Of, so um, while angels are way more glorified and more powerful and stronger and more intelligent than man. But listen, this is the role of the angels when the reign of Elohim is here and eternal life, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? So these angels, um, I'm not going to call them servants. How can I call an angel a servant? Um, Like, especially where, how we are now, like they're, way more you know exalted than us but i just want to kind of just travel through the scriptures a little bit and just share a couple things first john 3 2 says beloved now are we the sons of elohim and it does not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we should be like him for we shall see him as he is so man at the resurrection or at the coming of messiah in his reign man will be like messiah in in that regard And this is not me saying it this is what the scriptures say. Romans eight seventeen and if children, then heirs, heirs with Elohim, and joint heirs with Messiah. So almost given like in a, an equal share in a state with Messiah. So if we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. And there's much more to add to that. But what, I, what, I'm, what I'm getting at essentially is I think Jacob may have been given temporary glorified power that he had was able to prevail over the angel and had more strength than that. Uh, and so anyways, I think we spent enough time on this. Um again, it's not this doesn't change your walk. So I don't I didn't want to spend too much time. I, th- I think I spent a little more time than I wanted to, but it, since it's highly debated, I just wanted to just I don't have really have a dog in the fight. It doesn't to me it doesn't change, but I just want to share my opinions of why I think this is an angel, um literally one of the messengers, not Messiah or literally Yah himself. Just my opinion. Um. so and also uh, I meant to share this earlier with um, when I was talking about the uh, the prayer that Jacob he gave he, he shared his weakness with Yah he's like I'm afraid of, of Esau and I just want to share this real quick it says right here this is the book of Elijah chapter 6 verse 4 if he were honest and acknowledging his weaknesses before Elohim then would Yahuwah make his weaknesses to become strengths unto him And that's kind of just what happened, if you think about it. He he acknowledged his weakness, that I'm I'm fearful of my brother Esau, and look what he did. He gave him immense strength to overcome the angel or whoever it was. So think about that, and that's really what's to to really glean from all this, is what's the Torah here, is we have weaknesses, and it's a weakness to be fearful. Because if we were perfect, there'd be no fear. Be like, well, Esau's coming. Yah's with me. I'm good right but he's a man and he had weaknesses and so do we and so if we if we give to Yah like this is a weakness of mine whatever it is would you take it from me he could turn that into a strength and I know that firsthand that he can do that I'm a witness in my own life and I'm very thankful Genesis 33 1 and Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked and behold Esau came and with him 400 men and he divided the children unto Leah and unto Rachel and unto the two handmaids and he put the handmaids and their children foremost, and Leah and after, her, and her children after, and Rachel and Yosef hindermost. And he passed over before them, and he bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. And Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the women and the children and said, Who are those among you? And he said, The children which Elohim has graciously given your servant. The handmaids came near, they and their children, and they bowed themselves. And Leah also, with her children, came near and bowed themselves. And came, and after came Yosef near and Rachel, and they bowed themselves. And he said, "What do you mean by all this grove which I met, or drove which I met?" And he said, "These are to find grace in the sight of my master." And Esau said, "I have enough, my brother. Keep that. you have unto yourself?" And Jacob said, "No." And he said, "Nay, I pray you, if now I have found grace in your sight." Then receive my present in my hand, for therefore have I seen your face as though I had seen the face of Elohim and you were pleased with me. Take, I pray you, my blessing that is brought to you because Elohim has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. And he urged him and he took it. And he said, let us take our journey and let us go and I will go before you. Praise Yah. Deliverance is found. I mean, surely Esau was coming to kill him and Jacob is like, falls before Yahuwah I'm afraid of my brother. Deliver me. These are the promises that you have. Then he gives him strength to wrestle with an angel. And then Esau comes and is like, Hey, brother, what's going on? Good to see you. And Jacob's probably like, Great to see you too. Thank you so much. Right? So we saw in the last Torah portion, Laban pursuing him, uh, Jacob, hot, you know, hot pursuit, ready to just take him down. And what did Yah do? He interceded and was like, Don't touch him. That's my guy. So let's just, let's read about what happened here because stuff happened. Stuff went down. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Stuff went down and we're going to read about it. Chapter 33. Oh no, 32. uh, 27 through 40. So, and Yahuwah heard the prayer of Yaakov on that day and Yahuwah then delivered Yaakov from the hands of his brother Esau. And Yahuwah sent three angels of the angels of heaven and they went before Esau and came to him. No, so I think this is kind of interesting. I think it's possible, Um, the angel theory I have, Um, and here's why. Because we, well, I didn't read all of Enoch 40 for you, but we learn in Enoch 40, there's four angels that are in the presence of Yah. It's Michael, Raphael, Fanuel, and, oh no, what's wrong with me? uh okay, Michael oh Gabriel, seriously Adam Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, and fanuel. And so there's four. And so here it says Yahweh sent three angels of the angels of heaven and they went before Esau. Well because I think he sent all four of them. maybe I don't know. this is just a theory. I have no It could have just been one of the regular class angels. I have no clue. but if there's four and he sent three, where was the other that fourth one It was either Michael or fanuel is just my thought is just a guess there's really no plain there's nothing plainly written other than what we read in the Targums, which I don't know if it's true or not anyways enough about that and these angels appeared unto Esau and his people as two thousand men riding upon horses furnished with all sorts of war instruments and they appeared in the sight of Esau and all his men to be divided into four camps with four chiefs to them and one camp went on, that went on and they found Esau coming with 400 men towards his brother Jacob. And this camp ran toward Esau and his people and terrified them. And Esau fell off the horse in alarm and all his men separated from him in that place for they were greatly afraid. And the whole of the camp shouted after them when they fled from Esau and all the warlike men answered saying, surely we are the servants of Jacob, who is the servant of Elohim and who then can stand against us. And Esau said unto them, oh, then my master and brother Jacob is your master whom I have not seen for these 20 years. And now that I have this day come to see him, do you treat me in this manner? So he's lying to them, of course, because he went to kill him. He's like, I'm just coming to meet my brother. Why are you guys, why are you guys being all frightening? And the angels answered him, saying, "As Yahweh lives, were not Yaakov of whom you speak, your brother? We had not let one remaining from you and your people, but only on account of Jacob, we will do nothing to them." And this camp passed from Esau and his men, and it went away. And Esau and his men had gone from them about a league when the second camp came towards him with all sorts of weapons, and they also did unto Esau and all his men as the first camp had done to them. And when they had let it let I'm sorry let it to go on left it to go on sorry behold the third camp came toward him and they were all terrified and Esau fell off the horse and the whole camp cried out and said surely we are the servants of Jacob who is the servant of Elohim and who can stand against us and Esau again answered them saying oh then Jacob my master and your master is my brother and for 20 years I have not seen his countenance and hearing this day that he was coming I went this day to meet him and do you treat me in this manner and they answered him and said unto him, As Yahweh lives, were not Jacob your brother as you do say? We had not left a remnant from you and your men, but on account of Jacob, of whom you speak, being your brother, we will not meddle with you or your men. And the third camp also passed from them, and he still continued his road with his men toward Jacob. when the fourth camp came towards him, and they also did unto him as his men, the others dead, done." And when Esau beheld the evil, which the four angels had done to him and to his men, he became greatly afraid of his brother Jacob, and he went to meet him in peace. And Esau concealed his hatred against Jacob because he was afraid of his life on account of his brother Jacob, and because he imagined that the four camps that had that he had lighted upon were Jacob's servants. So this is how Esau's mind was changed so quickly. Just like we saw with Abraham Then, when he was down with the Philistines. Um, yeah. Um, what's his name Um, Abimelech had a dream and Yahweh was like Abraham's my guy and you have his wife give him back his wife if you don't I'm gonna kill you and everything you have and Abimelech Abimelech was like I'm sorry so this is what happened to Esau he's like I'm sorry hi Jacob good to see you so back to Genesis 33 Thirteen, And he said unto him, My master knows that the children are tender, and the flocks and herds, so now they're going with Esau. The flocks and herds with young are with me, and if men should overdrive them one day, all the flock will die. Let my master, I pray you, pass over before his servant, and I will lead on softly, according as the cattle that goes before me, and the children be able to endure until I come unto my master unto Seir. And Esau said, Let me now leave you with some of the folk that are with me. And he said, What needs it? Let me find grace in the sight of my master. So Esau returned that day on his way unto Seir. And Yaakov journeyed to Sukkot and built him a house and made Sukkot booths for his cattle. Therefore the name of the place is called Sukkot. And Yaakov came to Shalem, a city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, when he came from Padana Aram and pitched his tent before the city. And bought a parcel of a field where he had spread his tent at the hand of the children of Hamor, Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of money. And he erected there an altar and called it Elohai Yasharel. Okay, 34. And Dina, or Dinah, however you want to pronounce it, the daughter of Leah, which she bore unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and defiled her. And his soul clave unto Dina, the daughter of Yaakov, and he loved the damsel and spoke kindly unto the damsel. And Shechem spoke unto his father Hamor, saying, Get me this damsel to be my woman, my wife. And Yaakov heard that he had defiled Dina, his daughter. Now his sons were with his cattle in the field, and Yaakov held his peace until they were come. And Hamor, the father of Shechem, went out unto El Yaakov to commune with him, and the sons of Yaakov came out of the field when they heard it. And the men were grieved, and, when, and they were very wroth, because he had wrought folly in Yashrael in lying with Yaakov's daughter, which thing ought not to be done. And Hamor communed with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. I pray you give her him to be his woman." and make ye marriages with us and give your daughters unto us and take our daughters unto you and ye shall dwell with us and the land shall be before you dwell and trade you therein and get you possessions therein and Shechem said unto her father and unto her brethren let me find grace in your eyes and what ye shall say unto me I will give ask me never so much dowry and gift and I will give according as ye shall say unto me but give me the damsel to be my woman and the sons of Jacob answered Shechem, and Hamor his father deceitfully, and said, and said because he had defiled another sister, and they said unto them, We cannot do this thing, to give our sister to one that is uncircumcised, for that were a reproach unto us. But in this will we consent unto you, if you will be as we be, that every male of you be circumcised. Then we will give our daughters unto you, and we will take your daughters to us, and we will dwell with you, and we will become one people." But if you will not hearken to us to be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and we will be gone. And their words pleased Hamor and Shechem Hamor's son. And the young man deferred not to do the thing because he had delight in Yaakov's daughter. And he was more honorable than all the house of his father. And Hamor and Shechem his son came unto the gate of their city and communed with the men of their city, saying, These men are peaceable with us. Therefore let them dwell in the land and trade therein. For the land, behold, it is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us for women, and let us give them our daughters. Only herein, only so, only in this way will the men consent unto us for us to dwell with us, for to dwell with us. Sorry, to be one people. If every male among us be circumcised as they are circumcised. Now listen, this is then this is the motivation behind doing it. Like they're like, we all have to cut a bunch of skin off. Because listen, no man truly wants to cut off a piece of uh, you know skin down there. And that's why it was a big test for Abraham. He was, he was like, okay, okay. And so you think that an entire town would they want to be circumcised to just so that their, their prince can you know marry this Hebrew woman? Shall not their cattle and their substance and every beast of theirs be ours? So it was a funny, it was like, haha, they're rich, come on, they'll be ours. Only let us consent unto them and they will dwell with us. And unto Hamor and unto Shechem his son hearkened all that went out of the gate of his city, and every male was circumcised all that went out of the gate to his city. And it came to pass on the third day, when they were sore, that two of the sons of Jacob, Shimon and Levi, Dinah's brethren, took each man his sword and came upon the city boldly and slew all the males. And they slew Hamor and Shechem his son with the edge of the sword and took Dinah out of Shechem's house and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and spoiled the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their sheep, their oxen, their asses, and that which was in the city, and that which was in the field, and all their wealth, and all the little ones, and their women, took they captive, and spoiled even all that was in the house. And Jacob said unto Shimon and Levi, You have troubled me to make me stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Parasites. and I being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me, and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. And they said, Should he deal with our sister as a harlot? So here he is, Jacob again, is like, oh man, they're all going to war against us and they're going to, they're going to beat us. And so I'm not judging Jacob, but it seems like that maybe fear of, I can't say there was fear of battle because we read in, um, especially in Yashar that he's, he's a mighty warrior, defeating giants and all sorts of things, but maybe he's just trying to avoid uh, confrontation, which is not wrong. It's, it's. Actually, it's very powerful for a man of war who is very mighty to desire peace. And some say that's a a, a big part of uh, being humble is knowing that you can do something, knowing that you have that you can be powerful with the sword but sheathing it. So let's take a look at uh, the Jasher account because it's kind of kind of interesting if I can be honest. There's a little more details that I'm going to share with you. Jashar Jasher 33 we're going to read 5 through 14. At that time some of the women of the inhabitants of the land went to the city of Shechem to dance and rejoice with the daughters of the people of the city. And then when they went forth then Rachel and Leah the wives of Jacob with their families also went to behold the rejoicing of the daughters of the city. So it's like a like a party or like a like a parade or like a festival. They're like let's go. Let's go check it out. And Dina, the daughter of Jacob, also went along with them (coughs) and they saw the daughters of the city. And they remained there before these daughters, whilst all the people of the city were standing by them to behold their rejoicings. (coughs) So sorry. And all the great people of the city were there. And Shechem, the son of Hamor, the prince of the land, was also standing there to see them. And Shechem beheld Dina, the daughter of Jacob, sitting with her mother before the daughters of the city. And the damsel pleased him greatly. And he there asked his friends and his people, saying, Whose daughter is that sitting amongst the women whom I do not know in this city? And they said unto him, Surely this is the daughter of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the Hebrew, who has dwelt in the city for some time. And when it was reported that the daughters of the land were going forth to rejoice, she went with her mother and her maidservants to sit amongst them as you do see. And Shechem beheld Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and when he looked at her, his soul became fixed upon Dinah, and he sent and had her taken by force. And Dina came to the house of Shechem, and he seized her forcibly and lay with her and humbled her, and he loved her exceedingly and placed her in his house. I don't know if it's this text or another, but it said that she was twelve years old, and this may give you a little more backstory of why the brothers were furious. And they came and told that not that I mean even if she was twenty, I'm sure you'd still be furious that he raped her, but. I guess that just makes it worse. I don't know. And they came and told the thing unto Jacob. And when Jacob heard that Shechem had defiled his daughter Dina, Jacob sent 12 of his servants to fetch Dina from the house of Shechem. And they went and came to the house of Shechem to take away Dina from there. And when they came to Shechem... I'm sorry, and when they came, Shechem went out to them with his men and drove them from his house, and he would not suffer them to come before Dina. But Shechem was sitting with Dina, kissing and embracing her before their eyes. And the servants of Yaakov came back and told him, saying, when we came, he and his men drove us away, and thus did Shechem do unto Dina before our eyes. Now we're going to go, we're going to skip down, it's an interesting part here, so um, if you want more details, but we're going to skip down to verse 44. The whole chapter is pretty interesting. But 40, verse 44, But herein will we consent to you to give you our daughter, and we, will take, and we will also take unto ourselves your daughters, and will dwell amongst you and be one people as you have spoken. If you he will hearken to us and consent to be like us, to circumcise every male belonging to you as we are circumcised, and if you will not hearken to us to have every male circumcised as we are circumcised, as we have commanded, then we will come to you and take our daughter from you and go away. And Shechem and his father Hamor heard the words of the sons of Jacob, and the thing pleased them exceedingly. And Shechem and his father Hamor hastened to do the wishes of the sons of Jacob, for Shechem was very fond of Dina, and his soul was riveted to her. And Shechem and his father Hamor hastened to the gate of the city, and they assembled all the men of their city, and spoke unto them the words of the sons of Jacob, saying, We came to these men the sons of Jacob and we spoke unto them concerning their daughter and these men will consent to do according to our wishes and behold our land is of great extent for them and they will dwell in it and trade in it and we shall be one people and we will take their daughters and our daughters will be will we give unto them for wives but only on this condition will these men consent to do this thing that every male among them be circumcised as they are circumcised as their Elohim commanded them and when we shall have done according to their instructions to be circumcised, then they will dwell amongst us together with their cattle and their possessions, and we shall be one people with them. And when all the men of the city heard the words of Shechem and his father Hamor, then all the men of their city were agreeable to this proposal, because, like, why would they want to cut that? Cut themselves down there? Well, it was only the proposition of all the that all their material wealth, all of Jacob's Jacob's material wealth being theirs, so they'd be rich through it. And they obeyed to be circumcised, for Shechem and his father Hamor were greatly esteemed by them, being the princes of the land. And on the next, next day Shechem and Hamor his father rose up early in the morning, and they assembled all the men of their city into the middle of the city, and they called for the sons of Jacob, who circumcised every male belonging to them on that day and the next. And they circumcised Shechem and Hamor his father and the five brothers of Shechem, And then everyone rose up and went home for this thing was from Yahuwah against the city of Shechem and from Yahuwah was Simeon's counsel in this matter in order that Yahuwah might deliver the city of Shechem into the hands of Jacob's two sons. Now let's go to uh, 34 and we'll read till verse 37. A lot of reading in the store portion. And the number of all the males that were circumcised were 645 men and 246 children. But Hedekim, the son of Pered, the father of Hamor, and his six brothers would not listen unto Shechem and his father Hamor, and they would not be circumcised. For the proposal of the sons of Jacob was loathsome in their sight, and their anger was greatly aroused at this, that the people of the city had not hearkened to them. And in the evening of the second day, they found eight small children who had not been circumcised for their mothers had concealed them from Shechem and his father Hamor and from the men of the city and Shechem and his father Hamor sent to have them brought before them to be circumcised when Hidikim and his six brothers sprang at them with their swords and sought to slay them. And they sought to slay also Shechem and his father Hamor and they sought to slay Dina with them on account of this matter. And they said unto him, what is this thing that you have done? Are there no women amongst the daughters of your brethren, the Canaanites, that you wish to take unto yourselves daughters of the Hebrews, whom you knew not before, and will do this act which your fathers never commanded you? Do you imagine that you will succeed through this act which you have done? And what will you answer in this affair to your brethren, the Canaanites, who will come tomorrow and ask you concerning this thing? And if your act shall not appear just and good in their sight, what will you do for your lives and me for our lives, and your not having hearkened to our voices?" And if the inhabitants of the land and all your brethren, the children of Ham, shall hear of your act, saying, On account of a Hebrew woman did Shechem and Hamor his father, and all the inhabitants of their city do that which they have been unacquainted with, and which their ancestors never commanded them, where then will you fly, or where, where, um, where conceal your shame, all your days before your brethren, the inhabitants of the land of Canaan? Now, therefore, we cannot bear up against this thing which you have done. Neither can we be burdened with this yoke upon us, which our ancestors did not command us. Behold, tomorrow we will go and assemble all our brethren, the Canaanitish brethren, who dwell in the land. And we will all come and smite you and all those who trust in you, that there shall not be a remnant left from you or them. And when Hamor and his son Shechem and all the people of the city heard the words of Chedekim and his brothers, they were terribly afraid of their lives, at their words, and they repented of what they had done. And Shechem and his father Hamor answered their father Hidikim and his brethren. And they said unto them, All the words which you spoken to us are true. Now, do not say nor imagine in your hearts that on account of the love of the Hebrews did we this thing that our ancestors did not command us. But because we saw that it was not their intention or desire to accede to our wishes concerning their daughter as to taking her, except on this condition. So we hearkened to their voices and did this act which you saw in order to obtain our desire from them. And when we shall have obtained our request from them, we will then return to them and do unto them that which you say unto us. So they are planning, uh, essentially, they are planning. Uh, after obtaining uh, the blessing of the marriage, they were going to kill. They were going to kill them uh, and get all their their wealth. We beseech you then to wait and tarry until our flesh shall be healed and we again become strong, and we will then go together against them and do unto them that which is in your hearts and in ours. And Dinah the daughter of Jacob heard all these words which Chedekam and his brothers had spoken, and what Hamor and his son Shechem and all the people of their city had answered them. And she hastened and sent one of her handmaidens that her father had sent to take care of her in the house of Shechem, to Jacob her father and to her brethren, saying, Thus did Chedekim and his brothers advise concerning you. And thus did Hamor and Shechem and the people of the city answer them. And when Jacob heard these words, he was filled with wrath, and he was indignant at them, and his anger was kindled against them. And Simeon and Levi swore and said, As Yahweh lives, the Elohim of the whole earth, by this time tomorrow there shall not be a remnant left in the whole city. And twenty young men had concealed themselves, who were not circumcised. And these young men fought against Simeon and Levi. And Simeon and Levi killed eighteen of them, and two fled from them and escaped to some lime pits that were in the city. And Simeon and Levi sought for them, but could not find them. And Simeon and Levi continued to go about the city, and they killed all the people of the city at the edge of the sword, and they left none remaining. And there was a great consternation in the midst of the city, and the cry of the people and of the city ascended to heaven, and all the women and the children cried aloud, And Simeon and Levi slew all that city. They left not a male remaining in the whole city. And they slew Hamor and Shechem his son at the edge of the sword. And they brought away Dina from the house of Shechem, and they went from there. And the sons of Jacob went and returned and came upon the slain and spoiled all their property which was in the city and the field. And whilst they were taking the spoil, three hundred men stood up and threw dust at them and struck them with stones when Simeon turned to them. And he slew them all with the edge of the sword. And Simeon turned before Levi and came into the city. And they took away their sheep and their oxen and their cattle and also the remainder of the women and little ones. And they led all these away. And they opened a gate and went out and came unto their father Jacob with vigor. And when Jacob saw all that they had done to the city and saw the spoil that they took from them, Jacob was very angry at them. And Jacob said unto them, What is this that you have done unto me? Behold, I obtained rest among the Canaanitish inhabitants of the land, and none of them meddled with me. So yeah, Jacob wants peace. And now you have done. Now you have done to make me obnoxious to the inhabitants of the land amongst the Canaanites, the Parasites, and I am but of small number, and they will all assemble against me and slay me when they hear of your work with their brethren, and I and my household will be destroyed. And Simeon and Levi and all their brothers with them answer their father, Jacob and said unto him, Behold, we live in the land, and shall Shechem do this to our sister? Why are you silent at all that Shechem has done? At all that Shechem has done? And shall he deal with our sister as with a harlot in the streets? And the number of the women whom Simeon and Levi took captives from the city of Shechem, whom they did not slay, was eighty-five who had not known man. And amongst them was a young damsel of a beautiful uh, appearance and well-favored whose name was Buna, and Simeon took her for a wife. And the number of the males which they took captives and did not slay was forty-seven men, and the rest they slew. And all the young men and women that that Simeon and Levi had taken captives from the city of Shechem were servants to the sons of Jacob and to their children after them until the day of the sons of Jacob going forth from the land of Egypt. And we'll stop there. Yes. We're also going to read a little bit from the Testament of Levi. We're going to read, uh, let's see. So here's Levi in heaven, thereupon the angel opened to me the gates of heaven, and I saw the holy temple, and upon the throne of glory the most high. He said to me, Levi, I have given you the blessing of the priesthood until I come and sojourn in the midst of Israel. Then the angel brought me down to the earth and gave me a shield and a sword and said to me, execute vengeance on Shechem because of Dina, your sister, and I will be with you because Yahuwah has sent me. And I destroyed at that time the sons of Hamor, as it is written in the heavenly table. So we know, we see that even though Jacob was upset, this was from Yah. I said to them, I pray you, O Master, tell me your name, that I may call upon you in the day of tribulation. And he said, I am the angel who intercedes for the nation of Israel, that they may not be smitten utterly, for every evil spirit attacks it. And after these things I awakened and blessed the Most High and the angel who intercedes for the nation of Israel and for all the righteous. And when I was going to my father, I found a brazen shield, wherefore also the name of the mountain is Aspis, which is near Gebal to the south of Abila. And I kept these words in my heart and after this I cons- uh, counseled my father and Reuben my brother to bid the sons of Hamor not to be circumcised for I was zealous because of the abomination which they had wrought on my sister and I slew Shechem first and Simeon slew Hamor and after this my brothers came and smote that city with the edge of the sword and my father heard these things and was wroth and I think another version says that they just came and plundered it but it is clear that Simeon and Levi only killed them all. And my father heard these things and was wroth and he was grieved in that they had received the circumcision and after that had been put to death. And in his blessings, he looked uh, it looked amiss upon us. For we sinned because we had done this thing against his will and he was sick on that day. But I saw that the sentence of Elohim was for evil upon Shechem. Listen to this. Here's some more information. For they sought to do to Sarah and Rebekah as they had done to Dina, our sister, but Yahweh prevented them. And they persecuted Abraham, our father, when he was a stranger. And they vexed his flocks when they were big with young. And Eblion, who was born in his house, they most shamefully handled. And thus they did to all strangers, taking away their wives by force, and they banished them. And so this is, this is a common thing they did. So it was time for vengeance to be executed on that, on that uh, city but the wrath of Yahweh came upon them to the uttermost and I said to my father Yaakov by you will Yahweh despoil the Canaanites and will give their land to you and to your seed after you for from this day forward shall Shechem be called a city of imbeciles for as a man mocks a fool so did we mock them because also they had wrought folly in Israel by defiling my sister and we departed and came to Bethel so there's more more information about uh, the whole Shechem situation Hmm. Genesis 35 <clears throat> me. And Elohim said unto El Yaakov, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make there an altar unto Elohim that appeared unto you when you fled from the face of Esau your brother. Then Yaakov said unto his household, and to all that were with him, Put away the strange Elohi that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments. And let us arise, and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto Elohim, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto El Jacob all the strange Elohi which were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. And so some people will be asking, like, why did they have these false gods all in their house? Here's where the Targums are kind of nice, just to be honest. Um, I, I think this makes a lot of sense. Even though we can probably guess it, it's kind of spoken plainly. Um, here's the Aramaic and Jacob said to the men of his house and to all who were with him put away the idols of the peoples which are among you which you took from the temple of Shechem so they plundered Shechem and purify you from the uncleanness of the slain whom you have and change your raiment And here, verse four, and they delivered into Yaakov's hands all the idols of the people which were in their hands, which they had taken from the temple of Shechem and the jewels that had been in the ears of the inhabitants of the city of Shechem in which was portrayed the likeness of their images and Yaakov hid them under the terebinth that was near to the city of Shechem. So that makes a lot of sense to me. So, all right, let's keep going. Um, Where are we? Okay, back to Genesis 35 verse 5 and they journeyed and the terror of Elohim was upon the cities that were around about them and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. it's a pretty cool story in the book of Yeshar, if you want to read it um, you read uh, Yashar uh, 34 verse 38 through 35 25 um, long story short all the inhabitants of Canaan heard about them slaying Shechem and they all came together to war against them and uh, we'll, we'll read a, a little part of this actually read the whole story and um, it just expounds on what's going on here and once again you see Isaac and Jacob both praying and the fear came across all the Canaanites Uh, let's see so here's the um, here's the prayers and all the kings of the Amorites, I'm sorry, not all the Canaanites, but all the Amorites came and took their stand in the field to consult with their counselors what was to be done with the sons of Jacob, for they were still afraid of them, saying, Behold, two of them slew the whole city of Shechem. And Yahweh heard the prayers of Isaac and Jacob, and filled the hearts of all these kings' advisors with great fear and terror, that they unanimously exclaimed, Are you so silly this day? Or is there no understanding in you that you will fight with the Hebrews? And why will you take a delight in your own destruction this day? Behold, two Two of them came to the city of Shechem without fear or terror, and they killed all the inhabitants of the city. That no man stood up against them? And how will we be able to fight with them all? Surely you know that their Elohim is exceedingly fond of them and has done mighty things for them, such as have not been done from the days of old. And amongst all the Elohim of the nations, there is none that can do unlike unto his mighty deeds. So the fame of Yahweh was being spread abroad through these trials, the trials that Israel and his sons went through. Jacob and his sons went through. The nations heard. It's the same thing with Egypt um, when they came out of Egypt and the parting of the Red Sea and all the plagues and it's like all the inhabitants are like melting with fear. And there's nothing new under the sun. We'll read about that here. I think in a second. Um, I don't know, did I put the verses up here? I didn't. How couldst I do such a thing? Exo fifteen. We're going to see in the Song of Moshe, it's a song of history and prophecy, I believe. Um, So I believe this is end time stuff. Who is like you, O Yahuwah, among the Elohim? Just like the Amorites said, "This, this Elohim is mightier than all the Elohim who can do all these crazy things, amazing, not crazy, all these amazing things. Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You and your mercy has led forth a people which you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength unto the holy habitation. This is going to happen again. When when the first resurrection happens and the snatching away of Yah's people, the 144,000, the great multitude, people are going to see that. The people shall hear and shall be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestine the current nation state political state of Israel then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed the mighty men of Moab the trembling shall take hold upon them all the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away fear and dread shall fall upon them by the greatness of your arm they shall be still as a stone till your people pass over oh Yahweh till your people pass over which you have purchased to the people you have bought over. Over. Song of Moshe. Okay. Um, so anyways, long story short, the Amorites didn't touch them. So they journeyed, and the terror of Elohim was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that Beit Bet-El, he and all the people that were with him. And he built there an altar, and called the place Bet-El, Bethel, Beit El, because there, the house of Elohim, because there Elohim appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. But Deborah, Ribka's nurse, died, and she was buried beneath Beit El under an oak. And the name of it was called Alun Bakut. And Elohim appeared unto El again when he came out of Padan Aram and blessed him. And Elohim said unto him, Your name is Yaakov. Your name shall not be called any more Yaakov, but El shall be your name. And he called his name El, Yisrael. And it's interesting. That we see this in the end times. That we looked in the like specifically the the assemblies of Revelation chapters two through three. We see those that overcome, and one of the promises, those that overcome, will be given a new name. So you you see some similarities here. So all the all these deliverances you see for these great patriarchs. Let's let's reason with each other. The same Elohim that protected him is the same Elohim that we serve. Great deliverances can be there for us when we are found faithful and true, when we walk in His ways, when we do what He commands us to do, and when we love Him with all of our heart, soul, and mind and love other people. He's there for us. So whatever you're going through, He can deliver you. Trust in Him with all your heart. He won't fail you. And Elohim said unto him, I am El Shaddai, be fruitful and multiply, and nation and a company of nations shall be of you, and kings shall come out of your loins. And the land which I gave Abraham and Yitzchak to you will I give it, and to your seed after you will I give the land. And Elohim went up from him in the place where he talked with him. And Yaakov set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, even a pillar of stone, and he poured a drink offering on it, and he poured oil thereon. And Yaakov called the name of the place where Elohim spoke with him, Beit El. And they journeyed from Beit El, and there was but a little way to come to Ephratah. And Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. And it came to pass, when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said unto her, "Fear not; you shall have this son also." And it came to pass, as her soul was in departing, for she did die, for she died, that she called his name Ben onai but his father called him Benjamin. And Rachel died, which was buried in the way to Ephratah, which is Beit Lehem yeah, and, and we remember it's sad, really sad, because this was, of course, Jacob's love. And you could say to yourself, you know, these are more testings, just like we saw Abraham was tested. Jacob's going through all these hard times and and all these deliverances, and then all of a sudden his wife dies. And he could just, it could be a test for his heart. It'd be Because like, he could, it, if he wasn't a righteous man, he could have been like, really? After all this, my my young wife dies? And... The one I served for really fourteen years. Anyways, he didn't. He just trusted in yeah continually. Especially if you know if we lose a loved one, if we really believe that we'll see them in, in the resurrection and we'll be with them forever. No, it doesn't help. It's it should help a little bit, but it, I we know it's hard. But in any case. And Yaakov set a pillar upon her grave, that is the pillar of Rachel's grave unto this day. And Yashorel journeyed and spread his tent beyond Migdal-Eder. And it came to pass when Yasherel dwelt in that land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah his father's concubine, and Yashorel heard it. And the sons of Yaakov are twelve. And this is kind of a, just an interesting passage. You're just like, whoa, what happened? happened? Um, if you haven't seen our Testament of the Twelve Patriarch series, I'd highly encourage you to, to watch the Reuben study because Reuben messed up bad. But that's all, we don't get anything else here in the Torah. And what we find out in the Testament of Reuben that he messed up and he messed up bad, but he repented with all his heart and became a really good man. And he was he was refined through his prayers, his fasting, and his humbling of himself. We don't get any of that in the Torah, but I'd highly recommend. You can either read it, just the Testament of Reuben, chapters 1 through 2. You'll read all about the story and how... Um, he was chastened, and 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 he was pained in his body. Um, but he kind of—I don't want to use the, the term "redeemed" himself, you know, because someone might be offended at that. But you, hopefully, you understand. The my my meaning behind that is um, he did wrong, but then he repented and did right. How about that? How about that? All right, let's keep going. And it came to pass. Uh, no. 23, 35, 23. The sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and Shimon, and Levi, and Yahuda, and Yesikar, and Zebulun, the sons of Rachel, Yosef, and Benjamin, the sons of Bilhah, Rachel's handmaid, Dan, and Naphtali, the sons of Zilpah, Leah's handmaid, Gad, and Asher, these are the sons of Jacob, which were born to him in Padan Aram. And Jacob came unto El his father, unto Mamre, unto Kiryat Arba, which is Hebron, which where Abraham and Yitzhak sojourned and the days of Yitzhak were a hundred and four score years and Yitzhak gave up his ruach spirit and died and was gathered unto his people being old and full of days and his son, sons Esau and Yaakov buried him let's go to 36 okay last chapter now these are the generations of Esau so uh, last chapter is all about the generations of Esau and there's two neat little things little nuggets we can pull from here one of them pretty cool one of them pretty wild now these are the generations of Esau, who was Edom. Esau took his woman of the daughters of Canaan, Ada, the daughter of Elon, 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 the Hittite, and Aholibama, the daughter of Anna, the daughter of Tzibon, the Hivite, and Basamath, Ishmael's daughter, sister of Nebaioth. And Ada bore to Esau Eliphaz, and Basamath bore Reuel, and let's pause there with Reuel, and we'll look at an interesting lineage of some of you that you know, may have studied this out already some of you that are, are new this might be some interesting information we look at job we there's a lot of speculation of where he came from um those type of things some say the book of job was the oldest book ever because they're just not realizing really his genealogy and where he came from um but let's look at this Genesis thirty six two through four. Esau took his wives of the daughters of Canaan. Ada, the daughter of oh, so we read this already. So and Ada bear to Eliphaz to Esau Eliphaz and Basemath bear Reuel. So let's look at this. So Reuel and these are the sons of Reuel. Esau's sons Duke Nahath Duke Zerah. So we're gonna look. So from Esau came um, Reuel Reuel bear Zerah. And here we go, a little bit later. And Bella died, and Jobab, the son of Zerah of Bozrah. So Esau, Reuel, Zerah, Jobab. Who's Jobab? Anybody know Jobab of Bozrah? Of maybe Uz? This is the Septuagint, the Greek. We're going to read, let's see. Here we go. <clears throat> this man is described in the Syriac book as living in the land of Ausis or Uz on the borders of Idiomia and Arabia. And his name before was Jobab. And having taken an Arabian wife, he begot a son whose name was Enon. And he himself was the son of his father Zare or um, this different translation, Zerah. One of the sons of Esau and his mother Bozrah so that he was the fifth from Abraham. And so Job was an Edomite son of Esau who became a great man. And here you have an amazing story of an Edomite being one of Yah's people. And one of Yah's favorite because in the book of Ezekiel, he's like, even if Job, Daniel, or Noah were here, I would still, they would only they would only be saved and everyone else would die. So he's just showing how righteous Job was. He was an Edomite. So although Yah Yah chose the lineage of Jacob, he still has favor with anyone that truly loves him and wants to serve him, and that's what Job did. And as we'll learn later in the book of Exodus, Job himself was in Egypt for a time serving Pharaoh, saw all these crazy things that were going on, repented of any of his bad behavior, or repented of any of his uh, connection with him and left left Pharaoh and left Egypt wanting to serve this Elohim who did all these amazing miracles. And in that regard, Job was a righteous man. He repented. Yah forgave him all the past things and he did in an ignorance and he, he walked a, a perfect life. And then of course he was tested. Sound familiar? Genesis thirty six five And a holy Bama bore Yaish and Yalam and Korach, these are the sons of Esau, which were born unto him in the land of Canaan. And Esau took his woman, and his sons, and his daughters, and all the persons of his house, and his cattle, and all his beasts, and all his substance, which he had got in the land of Canaan, and went into the country from the face of his brother Jacob. For their riches were more than they might dwell together, and the land wherein they were strangers could not bear them because of their cattle. Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. And these are the generations of Esau, the father of the Edomites in Mount Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons. Eliphaz, the son of Ada, the one of, of Esau. Reuel, the son of Basemath, the one of, of Esau. And the sons of Eliphaz were Teman, Omar, Zepho, Gatam, and Kenaz. And Timnah was concubine to Eliphaz, Esau's son. And she bore to Eliphaz, Amalek. These are the sons of Adah, Esau's woman. And these are the sons of Reuel, Nachath, Zerach. That was Job's dad. Shama, Mizah, these are the sons of Basemath, Esau's woman. And these are the sons of Aholibamah, the daughter of Anna, the daughter of Saibon, Esau's woman. And she bore to Esau Yeish and Yalam and Korah. These are the dukes, the sons of Esau, the sons of Eliphaz, the firstborn son of Esau Duke Timon, Duke Omar, Duke Zepho, Duke Kenaz, Duke Korah, Duke Gatam. Duke Amalek, these are the dukes which came of Eliphaz in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Adah. It's interesting they use the word Duke. Um, The research is not conclusive, but um, it does show that the Edomites went up into Europe as well, much like uh, the dispersion of the Ten Lost Tribes of Israel kind of went into, you know, the the area of like Turkey and Armenia and Serbia and kind of also went up into um, uh, Europe, Germany, uh, like the Gauls and, and the, the, um, the Saxons and all different types. Anyways, it's reported that, um, the Edomites eventually formed, um, became what was, uh, a lot of the Greeks, um, the Romans specifically. Um, but it's also reported that, you know, they went into like, uh, areas, um, where now of course is, um. England, United Kingdom. And it's kind of interesting that in the Torah they're called dukes and you look at who's famously called dukes today and who um, kind of rule over the world uh, even whether behind the scenes or, or even overtly. But it's not conclusive evidence but I do believe that um, the royal family, I do believe, are Edomites. Even though they claim the throne of David, um, I think it's just them trying to do opposite back of what jacob you know jacob stole the birthright and then now esau is trying to claim it from i don't know it's just some thoughts this is not concrete evidence you can there's a lot of research to do on this um and i've never really did a study on this but it's just in some of my own just free time and researching uh just random things this came across so and these are the sons of Reuel, so back to Genesis 36, 17. These are the sons of Reuel, Esau's son, Duke Nachath, Duke Zerach, Duke Shamna, Duke Mizah. These are the dukes that came to Reuel in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Basimoth, Esau's woman. And these are the sons of Bama, Esau's woman, Duke Yeish, Duke Yalam, Duke Korach. These are the dukes that came of Bama, the daughter of Anna, Esau's woman. These are the sons of Esau who was Edom, and these are their dukes. These are the sons of Seir, the Horite, who inhabited the land, Lotan, and Shobal, and Zibon, and Anna. And Dishon, and Etzer, and Dishon, these are the dukes of the Horim, the children of Seir, in the land of Edom. Coming up soon years or something really interesting. And the children of Lotan were Horai, and Haman, and Lotan's sister was Timnah. And the children of Shobal were these, Alan, Manach, and Ebal, and Shephai, and Onam. Listen, and these are the children of Zibon, both Ayah and Anna. This was that Anna that found the mules in the wilderness as he fed the asses of Tzivon, his father. You know, that story. That story that we don't find anywhere except for Jasher. And it just so casually says it. And it's like, you know, this is that Anna that found the mules in the wilderness as he fed the asses of Tzivon, his father. The Torah just kind of just puts it out there. Like, hey, that's that story that you know about. And you're like, well, where's the story? It's nowhere in the 66 book canon. It's nowhere in all the Apocrypha. It's nowhere in the Dead Sea Scrolls. It's in one place the book of Yashar it's a pretty interesting story this was that and it just stops everything and because really even even in Job it wasn't like this is Job the king of you know the, the king uh, the one who was tested by Elohim but this story it's like it stops the whole lineage is like you know this is the Anna that found the meals and the wonders. this must be a pretty profound story or interesting story uh, to say the least and uh, i like to uh, read that for you and first of all, we'll uh, I want to share this. And these are the children of Zibian, both uh, Aja and Anna. This was that Anna that found the mules. So you're like, okay, so he found mules, so what? But the Hebrew word is yamim. It was only used in all of scripture one time. And it says meaning is uncertain, perhaps meaning mules or hot springs. They don't even really know. But it was used one time in, the, in the, not even just the Torah, all of scripture. Let's actually read where this came from. It's in uh, Jasher 36, 28 35. So this is going over the also going over the uh, lineage of Esau. And the sons of Shobal were Alvan, Manath, Ebal, Shepho, and Onam. And the sons of Zibian were Aja and Anna. This was that Anna who found the Yemim, and we just saw that. This is that Anna that found the Yamim. This is that Anna who found the Yamim in the wilderness when he fed the asses of Zibion his father. Now here's the story, and while he was feeding his father's asses, he led them to the wilderness at different times to feed them. And there was a day that he brought them to one of the deserts on the seashore, opposite the wilderness of the people, and whilst he was feeding them, behold a very heavy storm came from the other side of the sea, and rested upon the asses that were feeding there, and they all stood still. And And afterward, about 120 great, terrible animals came out from the wilderness at the other side of the sea. And they all came to the place where the asses were, and they placed themselves there. And those animals from their middle, listen to this, listen to this. And those animals from their middle downward were in the shape of the children of men. And from their middle upward, some had the likeness of bears, and some had the likeness of kiphas, with tails behind them from between their shoulders reaching down to the earth, like the tails of the duchapath. I've researched these terms, and it's just all over the place. But these were these were chimeras, half breeds, half man, half animal. And these animals came and mounted and rode upon the asses and led them away, and they went away into this day. Right? And so, and listen, and one of these animals approached Anna and smote him with his tail, and then he fled from that place. So they they like, back up. So this man is feeding all these uh, um, donkeys in this wilderness, and then this big crazy storm comes. And then all these half-breed mythical lore creatures come out, get on top of the asses and ride them away like off in the sunset, like like an old cowboy, like western movie, like riding off in the sunset. But one of them stops, runs up to this guy and like looks him in the eyes and he like whack with a tail and runs off. And so it's like, what? So and then when he saw this work, he was exceedingly afraid of his life and he fled and escaped to the city no kidding right and he related to his sons and his brothers all that had appeared to him and many men went to seek the asses but cannot find them and anna and his brothers went no more to that place from that day following no kidding for they were greatly afraid of their lives and this is probably why the torah pauses and be like oh yeah this was that anna that found the mules because it was a wild story anyways and the children of anna were these daishan aholibama the daughter of anna and these are the children of daishan Hemdan, Eshban, Yithron, and Heron. The children of Etzer are these, Bilhan, Zaavan, and Akan. The children of Daishan are these, Utz and Aran. These are the dukes that came of the Horim, Duke Lotan, Duke Shoval, Duke Saivan, Duke Ana. Duke Daishan, Duke Etzer, Duke Dishan. These are the dukes that came of Horiah among their dukes in the land of Seir. And these the kings that reigned in the land of Edom before there reigned any king over the children of Yashrael. And Bela the son of Beor reigned in Edom, and the name of his city was Dinhaba. And Bela died, and Jobab, Job, the son of Zerach of Bozrah, reigned in his stead. And Jobab died, and Husham of the land of the Temanim reigned in his stead. And Husham died, and Hadad the son of Bedad, who smote the Midian in the field of Moab, reigned. In his stead, and his name of the city was, and this story is also in Jasher. And Hadad hey died, and Samla of Masrecha reigned in his stead. And Samla died, and Shaul of Rehovoth by the river reigned in his stead. And Shaul died, and Baal Hanan, the son of Akbor, reigned in his stead. And Baal Hanan, the son of Akbor, died, and Hadad hey reigned in his stead. The name of his city was Pau. and his woman's name was Mehe the daughter of Matred, the daughter of Mezahav. And these are the names of the dukes that came of Esau according to their families, after their places, by their names Duke Timnah, Duke Aila, Duke Yecheth, Duke Holibama, Duke Ella, Duke Pinon, Duke Kenaz, Duke Timon, Duke Mitzvar, Duke Magdiel, Duke Iram. These be the dukes of Edom according to their habitations in the land of their possessions. He is Esau, the father of the Edomim. One last thing. Um, we know that um, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, was a Kenizzite, um, and we, we learn here that Kenaz, uh, where is it? I think it's up here. Kenaz is, right here, it, this would be a K, Kenaz. So also Caleb was also of the Edomites, and he ended up being the leader of Judah. So truly, as Peter rightly said in Acts 10, Elohim is no respecter of persons, but loves all those that fear him and keep his ways. I'm loosely quoting. It. Let's just not loosely quote it. Just real quick. Because that's obviously Torah. Recognizing it's not about lineages anymore. The only lineage he cares about is your belief in Messiah and being grafted into the olive tree. Mm-hmm. Then Peter, opened, Acts 10, 34, Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth. I perceive that Elohim is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. Hallelujah. Praise Yah. Brothers and sisters, our Torah portion is over. I pray that it was a blessing for you in some way. Maybe you learned something. Maybe you didn't. Uh, nevertheless, we got to study the word of Yah together. Praise be to Yahuwah, who is the revealer of wisdom and who's who sent his amazing son, Yahusha, our king and our high priest and our leader, to come and offer himself for us, to be raised to everlasting life. And as we read the scriptures earlier, if we're found righteous, none of us can declare to be such. If we're found to be righteous, we may be like him and be co-heirs with him one day. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, I'm looking forward to that. And for that, I want to be a hearer of the word and not just a doer. So let's, uh, let's pray. Father, yeah. We come before you, bless you in Yahusha's name. Thank you for allowing us to study your word together, oh yeah. We just ask that you'd help give us uh, increase in understanding that we may be faithful hearers and doers of your word. In Messiah, Yehusha's name we pray, hallelujah, amen. Amen. So uh, those of you that are are interested in Passover, Pesach, um, we'll be celebrating from April 4th to the 11th, I think, or the 10th or the 11th. Anyways, we're going to be camping in Lebanon from April 3rd to the 12th mark your calendars take off work if you'd like to come join us we're going to be camping in the wilderness uh rv spots are limited but we do have some uh, we do have some electric sites bathrooms are there showers are there so we have some modern conveniences however we're still camping in the wilderness hallelujah um if you're looking for a four or five star accommodations not the place for you um i'll have some more information out soon we'll do signups soon but wanted to give you the dates at least. April 3rd through the 12th we'll be camping in Lebanon, Missouri. Would love to do Passover with you. Um, Blessings to you, brothers and sisters. We're going to do two songs. One of them is new from Left and Right Ministries who is, uh, they are our local, um, we have a local fellowship if you guys aren't familiar. We have a local fellowship in Southwest Missouri. If you're ever traveling through that area or move to this area and want a fellowship with us, just email me uh but anyways left and right ministries are our worship leaders they lead the praise and worship uh, time there and so very 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 fond of Lyndon and ruth um love them very much uh, had a new baby praise be to ya beautiful baby um asaph asaf jasher his name is asaf Chasher. anyways new song from them uh, Joel 2, The Day of Yahweh is Near. I'm going to play that and maybe the Song of Moshe afterwards. Shabbat shalom y'all. See you next week. <laughs>
1: coming so far
2: I sing to Yahuwah, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. YAH is my strength and song, and he has become my deliverance. HE IS MY EL, AND I PRAISE HIM, ELOHIM OF MY FATHER, AND I EXALT HIM. Yahuwah IS A MAN OF BATTLE, Yahweh IS HIS NAME. HE HAS CAST PHARAOH'S CHARIOTS And his army into the sea And his chosen officers are drowned in the sea of reeds The depths covered them They went down to the bottom like a stone Your right hand, oh, Yahuwah Has become great in power Your right hand, oh Yahuwah Has crushed the enemy And in the greatness of your excellence You pulled down those who rose up against you You sent forth your wrath It consumed them like stubble And with the wind of your nostrils, the waters were heaped up. The floods stood like a wall, the depths became stiff in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I pursue, I overtake, I divide the spoil, my being is satisfied on them. I draw out my sword, my hand destroys them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you? Oh, Yahuwah, among the mighty ones. Like you, prayed in Kodesha, Awesome in praises, working wonders, you stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. In your kindness, you led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength, you guided them to your Kodesh dwelling. People's heard, they trembled. Anguish gripped the inhabitants of Pelasheth. Then the chiefs of Eddom were troubled, the mighty men of Moab. Trembling grips them, all the inhabitants of Canaan melted. Fear and dread fell on them by the greatness of your arm. They are as silent as a stone Until your people pass over Oh, Yahuwah Until the people whom you have bought Pass over You bring them in and plant them In the mountain of your Yahuwah, which you have made for your own dwelling, the Dash, O Yahuwah, which your hands have prepared. Yahuwah reigns forever and ever.